It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up with another preseason game in the books, we go ahead and take a look at a new starting lineup with a couple of key players getting the night off. What were the positives we take away from Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons as this evolution of this new roster takes hold? What were the negatives? Areas that they need to work on? We're going to get to those two. And of course, all of those role players as we continue to get a sample size around the Brooklyn Nets ahead of the 2022-23 season. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right, friends. It is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets. Every single day over there, you're going to find Doug Norrie, owner-operator of DFSR, for all your daily fantasy sports rankings from DraftKings to FanDuel. He's got you covered. I'm Adam Armbrick, breaking down the New York football giants on the One Giant Podcast with my boy, Andy Mack. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day free on all those great platforms and let you know today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts, and Doug, where we start, is rated on preseason game number two. We said live, obviously, on YouTube. This was really successful for us earlier in the week, hoping we get some of those similar results. We're going to take a look at, at where we saw some successes, where this team can continue to, to grow over the course of the preseason into the regular season, clear areas that they need to improve. And it starts right here at the top, though, as we set the table. Different-looking starting lineup here. Kyrie Irving welcoming in uh, his second child, so he takes a little dad duty off, which you can relate to. And then Joe Harris, I just think, managing coming back from that ankle. Obviously, he gets the night off as well. Yeah, um, I mean, I know folks aren't going to be happy with the result here. Um, oop, there we go. Unmuted myself. I know folks nice. aren't going to be aren't going to be happy with the result here, uh, with the way the game ended up playing out. Uh, the starter starting five of uh, went super lengthy <laughs> with the starting five with those guys not around. I went through the wingspans early of what these guys were: seven, Simmons seven foot, Durant seven five, Kessler six eleven, Royce O'Neal six nine. Nick Claxton's 7-3. Those are the wingspans. Uh, so love super the wingspans. From a wingspan uh, standpoint, I yeah. love it. I mean, so I, we're going to get into Look, I know I know po- folks are going to want to take away negatives from this game. There, there are some. I, there are positives. We're going to get into it, though. And I, I want to get into the positives. But real quick, when you saw that starting lineup, like, did, did you uh, – <laughs> what, what were your quick thoughts when you saw that that was going to be the group? I think it's fantastic that we have that many guys that have length on this roster, Same. right? That, that's, the, that's the most important takeaway for me. These guys exist. We yeah. know this isn't going to be the starting lineup in the regular season. And it very much was for me, 
it was the automatic disclaimer in my mind, right? Go ahead sure. and, and take the big step back when you see Kessler Edwards in that starting lineup. You know no Kyrie and no Joe Harris. It makes it difficult for Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, and just that that next phase and next phase of the podcast for us, breaking down where they can continue to play well and improve. You need the facilitators. You need your best players out there. That being the case, though, there still were, I think, really some things that we can say Ben Simmons is continuing to do well along with Kevin Durant and even some of these other pieces that were out there tonight. Yeah, look, okay, so let's start with the positives. I think there are a couple that we should we should hit on um, just because I think they were there and I think that in a preseason game, it's important to try to take away some of these things. This game doesn't go in the win-loss column. It's not the end of the season. They got killed. I get it. They were playing a team that was four-fifths of their starters was a group that lost on a three-pointer by Jimmy Butler from going to the finals last year. It's not like this was some trash bag team they were playing. Like the the Heat, yes, no Tyler Hero, yes, no a couple other guys. They still started four of the five guys that they started going into the Eastern Conference semifinals. Okay, so just like that's a, that's just a good reminder of what was happening here. Two, let's like let's look at some things I think that will carry over into the rest of the season. One is that it's clear that they are going to have something of a defensive identity when it comes to like the length and the problems they're going to cause. I think Simmons, for some problems he had on the offensive end. Those are not like he was super aggressive on defense. He was picking up Kyle Lowry full court at times. He, you know, knocked the ball away and was able to uh, take one to the house for a flush. That's going to be something you see during the season. And I do think that super lengthy group of which Kessler probably doesn't last, but the other four do, um, was a a team that really caused some defensive issues for uh, Miami early on. Right? They weren't switching. They were kind of coming over everything. And that group, I think, showed you like, okay, hey, this is something that could like translate to the regular season. And I do so. I think on a defensive on a defensive level, once the once some of the um, like little issues are cleared away, I do think you're going to see this team like really give other teams problems in sort of like a chaotic way. Uh, and I so I, and I do think that's a positive. I think that's going to be something that's gonna, only going to get better. Also, so um, did you see that on your end? Because I think again, look, when you get crushed by a team. Finding positives isn't always the easiest thing. I have another one, I think. But just like on the defensive level, I, I, I do already feel like this is a much different defensive team and identity than we saw really at any point last year. Yeah, I think you go back to last season and we talk about how losing assignments, right, getting caught up in switches. And, and last season, getting caught up in a switch meant, listen, I don't know, six inches to a foot deficiency in terms of, of the matchups that you're giving to the opposing team. In this scenario, as you mentioned with some of those wingspans, it's a lot easier to pass off those assignments and not necessarily immediately sacrifice something, right? Not put yourself into a really bad spot. I thought most of what we want to see there in terms of from a positive standpoint is the communication level that you saw is hard putting Kessler into the mix here, right? Because he wasn't out there for the first preseason game with these guys. But amongst Ben Simmons, even with Nicholas Claxton, I thought Royce O'Neal being in the starting lineup there, you can see what he brings defensively. Little more meat on his bones than a Bruce Brown from last season. So all those things, little more athletic, little more length. I you can I think to your point, start to see a okay, defensive stopping unit, yeah, we have that version on this roster. And typically, last season, year, year prior, there there was, we have a couple of guys that could be defensive stoppers, but not a unit. And I think that that's something we've talked about a lot coming into this preseason was how do you start to define groups of players that can go out and execute a specific task? These guys are showing they're capable of that. 
Yeah, and like, look, we didn't see a ton of switching for them tonight. I'm not sure if that's going to be just something that they weren't really because, like, look, that takes so much more communication. I think that they were just going into this idea like we're just not going to switch, yeah. stay home, like come over everything if you need to. We saw that a lot from Simmons uh, specifically, and so and as the season goes on, you might see them put more into place because again, it requires it's going to require um, a little bit more just kind of like communication. Um, so that was one thing. And I, and I do think another positive, and this is a funny one because it doesn't really reflect in the score, is that the core group of Simmons and Durant, by and large, especially early, got actually really good looks at the basket. Like they were, they got a lot of open threes here. They didn't make any of them. <laughs> like they've shot terrible from three pointer from three point land over the first two games. So then like twenty six percent or something like that. Just to um, be clear, if seventeen point uh, you know nine percent from three is not good enough for you, Doug, I don't know what you want. Anymore. Is that what it was? Seventeen point. It was twenty eight percent when I did it earlier. Did, did it go down that much more? Sorry, buddy. Five, five for, for twenty eight. <laughs> five for oh yeah. Sorry. Oh my my bad. I was I was including the first game too. I, I did the I, I combined oh, yes, the first yes, two yes, games. Yes, yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so it's probably like 25% or something like that. It's terrible. It's terrible. A lot of those looks early were very good. Like they, Simmons had a couple short rolls um, that he was able to get himself out of, and then uh, and they got good looks. Durant actually passed really well out of the double team. They brought like three or four double teams to him that he was able to pass out of. Royce O'Neal missed two wide open threes, made one. They had another one that rotated over. Kessler missed one. Patty Mills missed one. They missed, they missed a ton of wide open threes. And so yep. um, even just shooting the wide open ones at like a 40% clip, which they generally will do, 35% clip over the season, the score all of a sudden wouldn't look as bad, right? Like if you just- Kevin it, Durant, one for four, by the way, from being right, your two, yeah, right? If yeah. you just add like four, four, so four more of these open three, they still lose, but they don't lose by 29, right? And so I do think that is going to- that is going to carry over. And those looks are real. Like when you're able, they were able to work their way out of some messes and they were able to specifically take advantage. I thought in terms of the looks that they got when, when teams, which they will do a lot, especially if Kyrie is not around, which is bring double teams. Um, And I thought that was really executed pretty well. Again, the results were not there, but the execution I thought on those specific plays was good. Yeah, a lot of what we're talking about here, at least from from my eyes, is you know I'm sitting here and saying there's X number of plays in a game, and I pulled out the 12 to 15 that I thought looked really good and showed me something. There were a couple of key sequences here, and we can keep on the positives here in a second, um, but a little bit of what I was doing was envisioning, what if Kyrie was on the floor here for this, right? What if Joe Harris was out there for them? What if Seth Curry is a part of the rotation, right? All of those things are what I'm trying to predicate what I'm seeing on the floor. And we can keep talking a little bit more about ball movement here in a second, which I thought, again, there was a lot of miscues, but there were a number of plays that you could see the Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, and then add player X into the mix there, the three-man game offensively that looks like it could be really potent for them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and look, we are going to talk about the negative. There's plenty of negatives, too. Uh, like, I think that there are some things to take away. You can't lose by 29 and have it all be positive. Clearly, uh, that would be irrational. Uh, and there were things, specifically with Simmons, that need to be corrected as the season goes on and really kind of corrected as we get into these first couple games. Talk to you about that in a second. First, going to talk to you about our friends over at betonline.net, your number one source for football and basketball betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, new 
news, podcasts, in-depth articles, analysis on every game you can find. Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. They got the live betting up there, uh, and like I said, they got up-to-minute scores and everything else for every sport imaginable. Maybe you're rolling through the MLB season as they get into the playoffs. The MMA stuff on the weekends. Bet Online. .net has you covered over there. All the different trends, all the different action. Bet online where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so before we do tap into what was a number of areas that they need to improve, continue to grow, need to get better, and some things that may just be persistent issues for the team. By the way, not a lot of NBA teams are perfect. That, that, that's a part, part of this is just accepting, yeah, you're going to be deficient in certain areas because you have player X, you have offensive weapon Y. However, uh, I mentioned the ball movement there in the last segment. I just think that there was a couple of these key sequences. One of them ended uh, with Watanabe going at the rim here. I'm only referencing a roll guy because the trigger of that was a Royce O'Neal to Ben Simmons on the wing. He kicked it over to Kevin Durant on the left side, who dropped it back into the middle to Watanabe, who doesn't finish at the rim. But it was this one, two, three, quick, immediate sequence, very um, instinctive process for the offense. You saw how quick it was getting from one end to the other, and you saw that there are players available that can fill the lane and attack at the basket. Those are the type of things that I can plug Kyrie into that formula. I can stick Joe Harris on the wing waiting for an open look and see how that's going to spread and open things up for this team. I like that idea. I don't love that I didn't see it as often as I wanted to. But again, I saw six or seven times in the game where those sequences happened and it looked really pretty at the level of any of the best teams in the league with some of the other stuff in between that we'll get to. For sure, yeah. And actually, I'm going to do one more positive that's going to transition right into a negative. Is that Love when it. when um, we saw one of the advantages of having Simmons on the court is times where he secures the rebound. He really was at looking to push the pace as much as possible. If he was get, if he was the primary rebounder, they were kind of like shot out of a cannon. He even pushed the pace off makes a, a bunch of times too, um, which is not something you see all the time. Is that even that he was just kind of getting it over the? He wanted to hit over that half court line. Look like within three seconds. And I think that is going to put max pressure on the defense. Now, moving into the negatives, the flip side of this was, and this was very clear, when they were not pushing the pace, at times, Simmons definitely was the instigator of bogging down the offense because his decision-making was not fast enough in the half court. It's very clear. His, the way he's working through the progressions is not up to game speed at all um, when the game slows down. Like, when the game slows down, and he is the primary initiator. There's too many, it was way too many picking up the dribbles. Um, it was way too many of like starting and looking like it was going to happen. It's almost like a quarterback going through the reads. It was like if the first read wasn't there, then it kind of just stopped, <laughs> right? Like, and I take, think take the we, knee, go down, take the sack. Exactly. <laughs> like, it, it kind of, and it was like sort of the equivalent, the basketball equivalent of taking the sack because when his, and it, you know, look, I know someone's people are saying he went over crossing over half court. That's just not true. But the, you know, if he's, if he's, you know, foul line extended, which is, which is where it would usually happen, 
above the break. And if the first, like if they're running like some pistol action or something and it like wasn't coming up toward him and it didn't happen right away, he was picking up his dribble too often. And that just stops everything, right? Because now you're going to bail him out and you're having to um, just kind of reset everything to actually just to bail him out of a sequence. That's happening way too often. I do think it's a game speed issue for him right now. And so I don't think that we're going to see tons of that moving forward, but it's clearly problematic right now for him because when that first, when those first couple reads aren't there, he just can't pick up his dribble like that. It's, it's just too, it just causes too many problems and it drains the shot clock. It's just, it's bad. I don't know. This, this yeah. is a one, this is one-on-one. It's just bad. And I think so. There was another. There's a, another element of that that impacts. I'll start. I'll start with Simmons rolls to Claxton, and then I'm going to get to something just about. It's really about this game overall. Nothing to do with Kevin Durant himself, technically. Um, ben Simmons gets set up in the mid post at one point in this one. And to your point, picks up his dribble. They bring a double team on him. And this is both a Ben Simmons thing, picking up your dribble. It's also a team thing because nobody was making themselves available to get that ball back out of his hands. And that comes down to communication and understanding. I think Sumner may have been at the game at the time. You got to push out towards that wing, make yourself available. Instead, you saw that stagnation of the offense. A trickle down effect of that is that Claxton just kind of looked out of place in this game tonight. And a lot of that has to do with so much of his value is going to be predicated on everything working and flowing. If you think that Ben Simmons gets out of sync when he picks up his dribble or when the offense starts to stagnate, Nicholas Claxton is just a roving dog, uncertain necessarily about where he needs to position himself. So those type of things became a little bit difficult to watch for large stretches inside of this starting unit. The Kevin Durant piece for me, it doesn't have anything to do with him. But what I don't need to see in preseason game number two, when you have a lot to figure out, is the ISO possessions where he gets his mid-range jumper, where he gets the ball essentially just across half court, works down into his spot, hits a turnaway jumper. I know that we want to see Kevin Durant be in rhythm. That's, it's important for guys to be hitting their stride going to the regular season. But I would much rather be willing to sacrifice 15 more points on the scoreboard and sacrifice possessions just continually looking to find the rhythm, find the consistency, and find the execution on a possession-to-possession basis. Because when it comes to the regular season, Kevin Durant's going to get his. But what about when they throw a blitzing look at you on the defensive side and you need to get it into Ben Simmons' hands, you need to get it into someone else to continue to move that offensive flow? I think that that for this team, stagnation on the offensive end is going to be a death nail for them a lot of the times, especially early in the season. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to push back on that a little bit. Um, I think I know what you're saying. I agree with you in the sense that it can seem like it's stagnated. I thought there was like three different kinds of Kevin Durant possessions in this game, right? I think strategically what what they're trying to do, X's and O's, is to have a lot of motion, as much motion mm-hmm. as possible, which you need to have around Simmons, and as much motion to have players roving through like different um, like drags and double drags to be able to get shooters open. And I think that when like Durant possessions were like that, some of those actually would end up with him sort of isoed on on a, on a wing on a on a on a lesser defender, and you actually do want that. Like they yes. want like, they yeah, want like the execution of that setup where Kevin Durant is essentially holding the ball, waiting for the space to create itself, waiting for yeah. the matchup to create itself. That they I want like that this. one. They want that one. And then they said the second one was the was the double teams, but I already mentioned those. Like when they when they came at doubles with him and he passed out of those. I think the ones you're talking about were the byproducts of these wasted possessions that where the the motion stops, the action stops, and now they're left with 
what appears to be a stagnated offense, right? And I think those and th- those are the ones where it's like end the shot clock, Kevin Durant, like. And I think that's what we need. That's what the Nets need to kind of just start to mitigate here too. And that some of that's coaching. I think some of that is. I mean, it's definitely coaching. Some of that is. Again, Simmons' lack of aggressiveness. When that, if that's not going to happen, they are going to be in so much trouble. If there's like no Kyrie and Simmons is going to pick up his dribble, and that's just going to be so much. It's just going to be trouble. You can't. There's no coaching to get away from that. Like you can't. Right. <laughs> like there's like it's, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not letting Nash off the hook here. It's it's not that. It's just that no, like no. if that's what the player's going to do, you just have to tell them not to do that. <laughs> like I just. Have to, <laughs> No, stop it. And by the way, that's why I'm saying it falls underneath the Kevin Durant heading, but that's also predicated on what's happening around him, right? So it it does come back to execution. And again, no excuses need be made, but when you are lacking the players that they were in this preseason instance, you know, I, I, I was thinking about it in real time of, well, who are we lacking here? Okay, no Kyrie Irving, no Joe Harris, no Seth Curry. You know, you know that you're getting down this list about how many starters away are you from from really being able to have a sense of what you're doing here. And just and then then you say, as we're going to talk about here in a moment, the others, the role players, Yuta Watanabe, Markeith Morris, Edmund Sumner, all of these other players, Royce O'Neal, who weren't a part of this team, right? So it's not just that you're missing maybe two two starters and a key bench guy. You also then have four new players. It just makes it really hard to go from preseason game number one to preseason game number two and not feel like, you know what? I saw a lot more positives in the first one. Yeah, kind of makes sense when you think about who's out there on the court. Um, but we will talk about here in a second all of those other players that I thought still gave us a pretty good sample size. And uh, Doug Norrie will also sing the praises of one Cam Thomas for pulling that sweet trigger. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so obviously we'll continue to see how the starting unit looks as we work our way through the preseason. The other guys here, um, I thought you got kind of the, the, the sample size on Edmund Sumner as to why, yes, he can do some things very well and, and he's going to have a skill set for this roster. I think you saw some of, the, some of the hiccups in his game too, right? And he's coming back from an injury, so that's okay. Do you think that just on him... With with the lack of necessarily uh, secondary ball handlers that you need on this roster, is he put? Are, are you continuing? I said this after the first preseason game. Should he be continuing to push towards that opportunity? And along with Cam Thomas, do you think it's those? Are are those two guys the first two that you look at as saying, well, if someone's going to rise here to be that extra piece? It's one of the two of you, and the reason why you give Stunner the edge is because he has that length, he has that defensive, at least you know, quote unquote, upside. Yeah, um, I'm going to combine one more player in here because I think they're going to be in a weird spot here with a couple of these guys. Like, okay, and I'm going to throw a third guy in here as as to, to group around who who plays. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm, I'll get to those guys, two guys. In, like, Patty Mills stunk in this game. Stunk. Like, he was yeah. he was terrible. Um, and so I do wonder, <laughs> one, about what his role is going to be, or two, if these other guys like Sumner and Thomas are just going to end up being better fits. Like Sumner specifically is going to be able to guard a few more spots. Like he can't shoot the way Patty Mills is, but I do wonder if we're starting to see. I stopped short of saying how, how close is he to pushing Mills potentially. He could be. I mean, like once they get Curry and, and Harris back and they just have other shooters um, around, uh, it's just, 
again, I don't want to go crazy over one game with Patty Mills. I was four bringing him back once I knew that Durant was back. Like I, it's not that. It's just that um, I do wonder how much these other guys will push <laughs> will push a guy like him maybe further even down the chain. So this is all to say, I thought Sumner's game, I, he missed two wide open uh, threes from the corner that he pro- that he needs to make. I, this was the theme of the game. Everyone just missed wide open. Everyone on the team missed a wide open three uh, at some <laughs> no, point. No, you miss seemed- a shot. No, 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 you miss a shot. It's my turn. <laughs> uh, no, but I thought I think overall it was good. Like it, it looks a little discombobulated at times, but I think it was mostly NBA game speed. I think he's another one where you can kind of envision what it looks like when he's just had like a hundred minutes of reps on the court, like, you know, something like that of just real game speed where like things start to slow down for him because he clearly has the speed. And then Thomas, uh, yeah, look, he took, we, we went crazy about it last game about not taking these wide open catch and shoot threes. He took one off of a great Simmons drive that Simmons, um, Simmons uh, drove and kicked, and he knocked it down. He took another one that he missed. Uh, but if he's going to take those, then I, my opinion is going to immediately change on him, <laughs> right? Like it's yeah, like just I, from I, one I episode it, to the next. I'm going to make it very clear. In episode one of the preseason coverage, we said you have to take your triples when you have the opportunity. Guess what? You took them. Yeah. That changes the opinion. Like that's the nature of, of watching a game and analyzing someone. And that's I think the I don't know if we if we had a uh, a credo if we had if we had, if we had a mission statement for this podcast it would be we are not unwavering in our opinion of something. I want to see Cam Thomas do this because if he doesn't, then the defensive issues are going to come in. That liability got to the line five times, knocked down four of them. We know that. Got to hit the perimeter shot. It's the function of what you're going to be around these superstars. So. Step in the right direction for him. Um, overall, I'm not even really going to talk too much about Watanabe in this one. I, nothing to really be positive or negative around for him. More of the same. I, I like where he's at. The one thing um, that I thought about, too, I think it's worth staying on here. When it comes to the, the starting rotation tonight and, and these secondary players, trying to figure out over the rest of the preseason... What's going to happen here in terms of keeping the ball handlers and the flexibility, right? So... The idea that Royce O'Neal gives you that length inside of that unit is good. Now, if Seth Curry is a part of the second unit, okay, he's a ball handler, not, not going to be a pure point guard. Can Sumner serve that role more in the second unit? Would you rather him come up first and Joe Harris go out? Like, these are the little areas I'm trying to figure out about how the Nets are going to maintain size across their lineups and then also functionality because not having Kyrie Irving tonight exposes and the poor play of Patty Mills exposes how razor thin they are there right so David Duke Jr. was out there again a little bit later in this one uh, uh Dayron Sharp was held until well later into this game as well so all these back-end guys whether it's ball handling whether it's rebounding it, you, you need to prove that you can be relied on with it and I uh, you can respond to that and then I know I mentioned Dayron because the other quote big I think that you may you may be souring on a veteran here for the Brooklyn Nets well okay so I it's again a little hard to make some judgments here they did a much different thing in this game than they did the first game which was they began to move these other guys in and out of five-man lineups with the core two of Simmons yeah which I think is smart too yeah they have to do it like we saw a Simmons KD Sumner Mills uh Royce O'Neal lineup we saw um a a Simmons Mills Yuta KD and Markeith lineup sorry I took for some reason chose tonight to do a new note-taking system for myself (laughs) and it worked out good really really well flawless it will work out good in the in the future but I tried a new system tonight so I was that's why I'm floundering for looking for what the rotations were anyway point being 
that was not the case at all the first game. Here it was like, hey, let's mix and match things a little bit more, which is going to lead to some more discombobulation too, right? Like the more you just begin to work in guys who've never played together, half these guys were not on the team last year. None of these guys have ever played together before. It's just going to be discombobulated. Like there's just no other way around it. It's just, it's a, it's a preseason game. We don't need to freak out. It's, it's the second preseason game. There's been no minutes together these guys have ever played. Like it's just this. It just doesn't happen overnight. Especially, I mean, it can happen overnight if you're like Giannis and KD. Like that'll look good right out of the box, right? Okay, whatever. But that, that, it, for other, for everybody else, <laughs> like it's just gonna take. It's just gonna take a little bit of time. Um, but in terms of just like how they work these rotations, guys in there, I think you did start to see. Uh, I think you do, you can take a lot of positives away, and I think that's why you see them kind of combining a Simmons and Sumner minutes, right? Like a Simmons Sumner Mills minutes, stuff like that. Like it's like because we're gonna see if there is like ways to mix and match this. Yeah, and something that I jotted down when it was the Simmons O'Neill Claxton Mills and Thomas lineup, which I thought, well, that's interesting given the, the lack of height in the backcourt. But to your point about, well, what if I take out Mills and I put in Sumner there? Right, like, is this functional enough where if Thomas is taking those shots from the outside, if he has a little ball handling, attacking at the rim, how do we form some of these secondary units when Kevin Durant will be off the court, when Kyrie, or when both? Like, and you need to be able to stem the tide there. So I'll be interested to see. We did get a very different version, understanding, as we said, the top, the guys that were not there for them. Um, But I'll be interested to see how they try to. We only have one more here. The 12th is going to be against the Bucks. Um, six days from now, we are counting down the clock to the regular season. So the sample, let, let me put this. One other thing I took away from this one, guess what? The sample sizes on what's going to work and how the rotations line up, it's going to extend into the regular season, folks. So you might as well strap in for that now because you cannot figure this out in three preseason games. I think so, what it means, and that's okay. And I think what it means is you're going to see out of the box, probably a lot of minutes for KD, Kyrie, and Simmons. Like, you're just going to see... As it should be, though. As it should be. Because they got to get right first. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you know, sorry. Yeah, it was just like, I think we are going to see because that is the way to... That is the way to bring along everybody else, basically, is to at least from... At least from a KD and Kyrie minutes-wise, like, carrying the team at the beginning of the season as everyone just kind of gets a little more used to playing with each other. I think you're probably just going to end up seeing that. Uh, And I think that's... And I, I... Look, that's you Usually what happens a lot with the teams at the beginning of the season too, like teams will run that way. They'll get their better players. It's like national TV games too. So that incentivizes you. It's early in the season. Guys are hyped. Like you will see sort of extended minutes at times in close games from the big players because they want to get everyone kind of up to game speed, right? Like that, that's going to make sense. I think we're going to see that from the Nets as well. Uh, you mentioned Markeith. I, you know, it's funny. I, it's funny watching the Markeith Morris experience. Like I can see this, I can see how this is going to kind of go for me because there's times where it looks like so disinterested. And then there's other times well, famous, where it famous looks last like words. I, I'm jumping because we were texting about it and you were like, eh, I think I've seen about all I need to see on Marquis oh, Morris. Like, and then I, his let, very next set of minutes in the game though, yeah. he did a little something defensively and then took a little baseline runner and laid it up in on the offensive end. And I was like, Oh, watch out now. But, but to your point, you know what it gave me vibes of, and this is it's, it's, it's comparison relative to nothing. It's like James Johnson, right? You see him out there. He does a little something. You go, well, if he just does that, and then he does the other thing, and you're like, well, you can't can't give me that though, buddy. Yeah. You're, you're not you're not that kind of guy. And that's what Morris feels like. He's I, trending towards. I think I generally want him on the team here, just for like some of the other things that he sort of represents as and as, as a veteran and a tough guy, like tough and all that other stuff. 
God. That's him and Patty Mills. That's what I think those two players are. Patty Mills is that guy for the backcourt and for the young guards and that emotional leader, and we know what he means to the locker room and as a player. That's what I think Markeith Morris is. I think he brings a little bit of toughness. He brings an attitude to the team. But if if you're going into a situation where you say, boy, we need a key X, mm-hmm. You shouldn't be looking to Markeith Morris. You need to be looking for Claxton to take that developmental step. You need to even be looking for any of these role guys, right? Whether it's Sumner in a spot, whether it's Yudawada Nabe, like guys that still have something to to improve upon and build on, right? Markeith's 33 years old, and he's transitioning into a, into an undersized five. Like, and, 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 no. and the good stuff for him did come later in the game when he was playing against like the Heat's third string. I, again, I think he's going to make the team. I think it's a, a fine signing. Like He's got partial money guaranteed. We talked, you had mentioned that. Um, and so I think... Yeah, him and Sumner both have the partial. Yuda yeah, like, actually doesn't have any guarantee, but I, I, he's trending and making it, it looks like. Just from an archetype standpoint, you you want a guy like Morris on this team. Like He is big. Yeah. He, is, like, he is a bigger body. He's a live body. Um, he's not going to make or break the championship for you here, but just in terms of the type of player that you probably want, I, I think it's fine to bring him back. So, look, I, I don't know what we're going to get from this third game. It's I, I, I wonder actually how much some of these guys even play. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they just took this one off a little bit and got got everyone right and then kind of came for the first game of the season. That wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me if they played a lot more minutes. I, they're kind of this game was this game was helter skelter in terms of how their rotations were. I mean, we mentioned four different, five different combinations that they basically ran just in the first thirty six minutes uh, and yeah. or even less. So. This was just this game had such a different tack to it in terms of what they wanted to do. Some of that was because there was no Kyrie. Some of that was because there was no Harris. Um, I was a little surprised that De'Aaron Sharp wasn't part of those groups at all. Uh, that was a little surprising yeah. to me. Um, Good. But and I wonder too. And then the last thing I'll say on that is like I wonder too. Although, see, I was gonna say you bring up Kessler Edwards to see how he plays off of, of, of that group there with Claxton with Ben Simmons. But in the same ilk, it's almost like if you're talking about having these lengthy lineups, you want to see how Dayron Sharp can function in that process, especially on the defensive end of the floor. So I don't, I don't want to read too much into it outside of saying in preseason game number one, he got more of his minutes towards the the back end in the second half of the game. He only played seven in the first half, but as currently constituted, he has to be a part of this rotation. I think he can do well at it. So maybe it is to your point. The intention is here. Ultimately, we're getting to the regular season and this process is going to continue to happen. So we need not worry about one, two and three in the preseason. Yeah, look, still work in progress. Clearly not a great uh, game overall for the Nets. Uh, like I said, we tried to hit on some of the positives here, which I think there were some. We definitely talked about some of the negatives as well, of which there were maybe m- many more. <laughs> so, And I think that's just going to be part of what the experience is like with the Nets here early in the season. This, uh, As just a reminder for all, everyone that wants to just go to the front of the boat and just jump right off into the ocean, like this is a team <laughs> that has – they have multiple guys. <laughs> yeah. They have multiple guys who have not played in like – Guys that haven't played in a year plus. They guys have never played together. This is usually what it looks like uh, when you when that's the case. And I think patience is going to be the better side of virtue for some of these teams. And I get like I get what it's like being a fan, and no one has any patience with this team. Like it's been two years of being patient, three years of being patient, and I get why everyone's patient is patience is over. Like it's very clear to me. I, I need not. No one need explain to me what like why about, about why everyone's everyone's <laughs> impatient. I complete. We talk about this team every single day. We totally and one hundred percent get it. I'm just trying to be here for a little. Lay down on the couch. and We'll talk about it a little bit. You know, let's sit you know yourself I mean? sit yourself back. Sit down what on the couch. Would be better for you. 
than yeah. walking into a therapist's office. You lay down, and when you look up, you see me and Doug just staring <laughs> over top of you, solving all your problems. <laughs> just writing in my notebook everything that's wrong with you. All right. Uh, okay, with, my new, with my new note-taking setup that I yeah, just which, started which I, When I get to the today. end of the note-taking, I'll have no idea what I wrote. Okay. We are going to get out of here. Uh, really appreciate it. We did this live on YouTube. Came right after the game as well. Had a bunch of people in here, uh, like more than 100 people, uh, which is awesome. Really appreciate everyone that jumped in uh, and <laughs> and threw some flame into the chat here because there, this, <laughs> just, <yeah. laughs> this chat, this, if you wanted to stay positive, this chat room was not the place to go. But uh, really appreciate everyone that did jump in there and uh, <laughs> and left a comment and leave comments there on YouTube as well. Tried to respond to those. Make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify. All that stuff is totally free. All that stuff really, really helps our podcast. Like and subscribe, YouTube, Spotify, uh, and iTunes. Bear with me here. Ready? Anything worth doing is worth doing to excess. Anything worth doing is worth doing slowly. Anything worth doing is worth 100%. Anything worth doing always starts with a bad idea, but ultimately, anything new, anything worth doing can't be recognized. Pablo Picasso. Oh, one of the all-time great non-American poets. We will be back again next week talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball. Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.